I V M. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Actually, hang on, wait a second. This is the second episode of the week, right? So this is the first ever midweek update that we've got for the IPL 2020 by popular demand. And I have with me my co-podcaster Ashwin Garg, all the way from the US. Ashwin, excited to be on the first ever a midweek IPL update for Edges and Sledges. Yeah, hard to beat it, right? To be honest, mostly excited that people wanted to listen to us. Sometimes I have a hard time believing that there are people tuning in, listening to us anyway. So the fact that we got a number of messages, tweets, posts, everything, just saying, "Hey guys, we need more from you this IPL." So you know, there were some asks for daily uh, updates, etc. I think twice a week is a good start. So it's great, super exciting, and we've never done a Wednesday episode before. Yeah, it's great, and and guys, thank you so much for writing in. It's great to know that there are people listening, people who want more content. It's, um, yeah, we we're so excited about it. And I think I may have opened Pandora's box last week by saying I wish I could do this daily. I still wish I could do it daily, but I, as you say, um, twice a week's a great start, man. And so what we're going to do over the next kind of six weeks that the IPL has got to run, right, is we're going to do two episodes a week. Uh, we're going to do a midweek update with uh, the the uh, Games that have been played until Wednesday, and then we'll carry on with the regular episode on Sunday. We'll record it on Sunday and we'll release it on Monday. So you'll get episodes of Edges and Sledges on Monday as well as Thursday, guys. So uh, we're super excited to put this together for you. Varun should hopefully join us on Sunday as well. It's a little bit late for him today, so he can't make it. Guys, we've had a fantastic week already, right? I mean, we left you. Um, with Tewatia taking the Rajasthan Royals along with Samson to an incredible win uh, on Sunday, and I mean there was so much buzz around that. There were some am- amazing articles written about that. Cricket Info wrote a great article. Sid Monga, we'll put a link in the show notes. I mean, fantastic article. Ashwin, did you get a chance to read that? Yeah, not only read it, I got sent it probably like six, seven different ways, right? Different people sharing it. Saw it online, saw it on Twitter, saw it on our Discord channel, etc. I think it got sent on our own Discord channel three times, right? So just Such a beautiful read, right? Talked about the ups and downs of cricket, about the journey, not just as a cricketer, as an Indian cricketer in the hyper-competitive landscape, and about Rahul Tavatia and the fight. So I absolutely loved it. We all spent so much time during that Rajasthan Royals chase, talking about how he should just come down the track and get stumped, or get hit wicket, or just retire hurt, and the fight it takes to be a professional cricketer. That mental tenacity and strength to say I play the worst. Played the worst twenty balls in my life, but I can still do this. Just outstanding. So just so we talked about this on last week's show, but so happy for the guy and just a beautiful read that I'm glad did the rounds because it was well deserved. And as I said, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's called Rahul Tewatia and the Romance of the Struggle. Just a a, a fantastic article about a a freakish knock and some really really kind of nice instances from his career. But of course, if we thought that uh, the Royals game was kind of like peak IPL and it couldn't get better, right? I mean, we were all like, okay, like Kings Eleven versus Royals, incredible chase, record-breaking chase. I mean, RCB versus Mumbai, uh, yeah, two pretty popular teams. Are they going to live up to the excitement of Sunday? And Ashwin, did you see the game on Monday coming at all? I mean, RCB versus Mumbai Indians, maybe we can talk through that quickly. Yeah, I definitely didn't, right? So as a reminder, at the end of Sunday, nine matches were done. The second match of the IPL, the Delhi versus Punjab match, were already already had a super over. So we thought 
wow, you know, you already had that on the first weekend in the first week. Then comes Monday game not, game 10 and we had another super over. It was unreal. It was unlike anything I'd expected coming into this year's IPL. I just remind myself at times that we many of us thought there wouldn't be an IPL this year. And here we are in the 10th match, Mumbai chasing a mammoth total. And we have yet another super over. So DJ, do you want me to talk through kind of what happened in the game? Yeah, sure. I mean, we can start with the De Villiers genius and then go from there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, I'd start even one level higher up and Devdat Padikal makes his second 50 in just three games, right? Great, great opening option for Bangalore. Stable, knows how to hit, you know, able to hit the sixes. Aaron Finch found some form as well. Virat Kohli continues his, his, his rough patch. You know, my hope is he's just getting it out of his system early. Everybody wants to see Kohli do well. And then the genius of De Villiers, 55 off just 24 balls. You know, DJ, I want to just say, I don't think Shivam Dubey got enough credit for this match. He scored, he came in, hit three big sixes, a four, made 27 not out of 10 balls while batting with De Villiers. Helped them cross that 200 mark with Bangalore ending at 201. What do you think it is? Was it just because De Villiers was so magnificent, Dubey got overshadowed? Or do people not want to give a player like Dubey his due? What do, why do you think we're not talking about him more? I don't know. I mean, he, he played in nice innings. It was 27 out of 10. I think he benefited from people not wanting to bowl at A.B. De Villiers at the end, right? Uh, so they were like, let's give A.B. one and we'll bowl to this guy Dubey. But I mean, Dubey's played for India. We've seen him hit sixes for India. Limited probably in his stroke play, I think. And they kind of fed his arc a little bit in that innings. But I mean, deserves credit, 27 of 10 and um, hit the last one for six. And what a difference that made, right, in the final analysis. So um, maybe we move on now to the Mumbai innings, Ashwin. And they had a bit of a weird start, right? They, Sharma didn't really get off. The cock, their big scorer, didn't get runs. Yadav went for a duck. And then um, you had Hardik Pandya come in and he kind of just swatted across the line, got caught by Pavan Negi on the boundary of Zampa. Um, that brought together... Ishan Kishan and Kyron Pollard. Ashwin, um, I know you had backed Ishan Kishan. You had him in his team, in your fantasy team. We all kind of had Ishan Kishan in our uh, preview teams, right? Like about, about when we talked Mumbai, we all had him batting four. But this was the first game that he got an opportunity because Saurabh Tiwari uh, was injured. Do you think he uh, did justice to his inclusion in this game? I mean, anybody who says he didn't. He made 99 of 58 balls. Poor guy, 100% deserved the century gets out uh, when did he get out on the penultimate ball of the match right 19.5 he got out on yeah, it was 5 of 2 needed then right but 5 of 2 needed that. he got out leaving 5 runs off the last ball so disappointing that he got out outstanding knock he looked good he looked like he knew when to take the singles he looked like he knew when he needed to go for boundaries so I loved watching him out there you feel for you know Mumbai as a solid bench, obviously, you feel for Saurabh Tiwari, who didn't look bad in the first couple outings, but I have a hard time seeing him coming back in for Kishan unless Kishan really struggles. So, you know, great knock overall. I do want to say I'm really struggling. I said this on Discord, so some of you heard me say it. I'm really struggling that Hardik Pandya seems to think the only place to make runs is mid-wicket. Like, have you noticed this, DJ? Every yeah, yeah, yeah. we've talked about it, man. We've he shuffles it. And he just hits it to mid-wicket. So they put two guys on the leg side boundary and he inevitably gets, he'll hit a couple of sixes there and then he'll get caught. And it's like, this is a 360 degree field, 360 degree stadium. We just talked to, he just saw AB Mr. 360 as he's called that on the other side. And That's a bit just, of an unfair comparison though. No, I'm just saying, he just would have watched AB hit the ground, hit the ball all around the ground. And then he just hits every shot to mid-wicket. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, he's caught. There's no other way he's getting out. There's no other way he's making it. 
So I'll yeah, I, I I remember we actually talked about this maybe in the New Zealand tour that he'd made a comeback over some T Twenty games. Where you remember he got stuck in one game. Maybe it was against South Africa, and he was trying to hit everything to the leg side. So I think I tweeted and we talked about the fact that he hasn't got the, those strokes over the offside against proper pace bowling as well. So um, that was something for him to work on actually, and and we saw him being exposed. But hundred percent in agreement with that. Ashwin, and we'll come to this point again when we come to the Super Over. But let's go quickly, right? Um, we then saw uh, Hardik Pandya fall when it was 78 for four in the 12th over. Now, remember, they're chasing 200. And who walks in but Kyron Pollard, now legend for the Mumbai Indians. We've all seen him in that dressing room, the leader that he is. But he'd gone 18 games without scoring a 50 for the Mumbai Indians, right? And so he wasn't someone you'd actually back to uh, get those runs. And when... He joined Ishan Kishan. It looked like the Mumbai Indians were dead and buried. I have to say, 12th over, they were 120 runs away. They needed like 120 runs nearly of of less than eight overs. So, well, 8.4 overs. So, I mean, they looked like they were gone. But the equation then was brought down to 90 of 30, Ashwin. And they put together a partnership. They kind of got themselves going. 90 of 30. We've seen the heroics of Tevatia and Samson and... Uh, Tom Curran on the previous day, right, on Sunday. Uh, But that was a charger, which is uh, a really tiny ground with a really good batting track. All the talk here was, don't write anybody off, but this is a huge ground, a different attack, a different uh, boundary. Then we shouldn't write them off, but, I mean, people had written them off. I don't know whether you'd written it off, because we were watching, but more out of morbid curiosity than anything else. I think up until 2017, for the most part, and I'm just paraphrasing here from memory, but up until about 2017, 90 of 30 would have been a done deal. Nobody thinks about it. Nobody assumes anything's doable, etc. Basically, by 2018, when Russell started his crazy heroics lower in the order and then doubled down on those in 2019, now it just feels like anything is chaseable. So you're right. I had sort of checked out. I just assumed they can't do it because it is the bigger ground, but unbelievable, right? It, honestly, any total is chaseable now. If you got the, we saw Tevatia do it from nowhere, hitting 30 runs in the one over. We saw these guys get to a tie with 90 of 30. So any total is chaseable. And honestly, that's what makes the IPL the tournament it is. And they looked like they had it under control as well. They didn't look like they were panicking. So when they needed 90 of 30, we all thought it was done. And then Pollard started smashing it everywhere. Sani came in for the penultimate over, which I thought was a particularly good call because he had, they had Odana playing that game. And uh, he is the overseas bowler. So there was uh, an argument for him to come in and bowl the more crucial over. Uh, but he only, uh, Sani only went for 11 runs, right? Leaving um, them to get 20 of the last over. They got 19 of those with Ishan Kishan falling inches short of finishing that game on 99. I mean, when that ball went up in the air to mid-wicket, I think Padikal caught him. What a win that would have been for Mumbai from nowhere. I mean, no one would have backed them to win it. As it turned out, he got, was caught on the boundary by Padikal of Udana's bowling. And that then left uh, too much to do off the last ball. Pollard could have won it with a six. Again, it fell about a foot short of going for six. And then we had a second super over. And now let's talk about that super over and some choices that were made, Ashwin. Because uh, I think that is the particularly interesting point here. So Mumbai obviously were batting, so they continued batting. They batted first. Ashwin, uh, did Mumbai miss a trick by not sending Rohit Sharma out? And uh, our listeners have actually written in and saying, why didn't he follow his own advice in the Dream 11 ad where he says, opener who opening karunga? 
Yeah, it's really, it's a tough call, right? I think some sides have very, very clear answer to who walks out in a super over and some have less clarity on it. For me, you know, in hindsight, given that they lost, of course, it looks like they lost, they missed a trick. For me, on paper, in a super over, Pollard and, and by the way, Rohit walked in at three, right? But Pollard and Pandya are both outstanding, massive hitters who are decent choices in the super over. So I think there's two questions. One, did they miss a trick by not having Rohit? Rohit is India's biggest six hitter. He could have absolutely been a great choice. But I understand the choice to send Pandya. The second is, why didn't they send Ishan Kishan? He was striking it beautifully, 99 of 58. I think that was both a little bit of mental fatigue and obviously physical fatigue, where you know you almost saw Ishan just sitting in the dugout with his head in his hands and whatnot because he wasn't able to take his team over the line in, in the 20 overs. And so maybe mentally he wasn't ready to go out there and face a super over. So tough call. I think I can absolutely see Rohit uh, walking in on his own. I can understand the decision here as well. I, th- I think also there was the element of uh, dehydration and physical fatigue for Ishan Kishan, right? And I, I think uh, A.B. de Villiers really struggled as well. And uh, I mean, if Kishan couldn't, couldn't make it over and it's a, it's a shortened game, so it's only six balls. And if he's not at his best, uh, I think it's fine to leave him out. Uh, my, my personal view is that Rohit should have come out, taken the responsibility on and gone for it. For me, six balls... The argument is have your biggest six hitter, your best batsman on strike from ball one. It's such a short time span, right? It's six balls. Every ball matters. So, it, it, I mean, even Rohit coming out to run would have been an issue for me because if you're backing him and India has backed him in the past, he's delivered those sixes in the super over in the past for India. Uh, I thought he missed a trick there uh, personally, but obviously the uh, debate rages on. The other thing was, do you think he melted a little bit under the pressure of the super over Ashwin? Uh, because he saw you saw Bumrah bowling bouncers with the fine leg in. I mean, what was going on there, man? Yeah, very, very, very poor captaincy, right? Like, And it's almost amazing that the, the commentators were talking about it on screen as it was happening. And you just saw he had the final leg was in the circle and he bowled a bouncer on the hips and he hit it. You know, it was he got hit over the boundary for six. So very, very odd. Was it six, four? I don't remember exactly. But he got hit to the fine leg boundary. And you, we were just watching it as though it had to happen. So very odd. Rohit is usually a, tactically a little bit more sound than that. So disappointing, honestly, disappointing captaincy. But, uh, you know, I would have expected to see Bumrah bowl in more Yorkers or a field set for that short ball. And neither of those happened. Yeah, so um, RCB eventually won that game. A.B. de Villiers and Kohli finished it. How nice was that touch where uh, Kohli basically said, um, uh, chal mein aai to A.B. de Villiers, man. Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> what a great story, story, right? Like when they said, why did, uh, why did you walk out there? A.B. said, I'm going. And Kohli said, I'm coming too. And that's what you love about this game. This side has never won. And they both, you know, the Kohli-A.B. relationship has just blossomed. It's amazing to see. I really, really do hope RCB does well this year. They deserve it. Yeah, so a, a bit of a tribute maybe to the SP uh, Bala Subramaniam song, right? From Mene Pyar Kya. He obviously uh, tragically passed away this week. So uh, maybe Kohli was going for that. But I mean, that wraps up that incredible game after the uh, Tewatia and Samson heroics against Kings 11 Punjab on Sunday. So Sunday and Monday were just two incredible days and we were buzzing. The next game was a Delhi Capitals versus Sunrisers Hyderabad game. Ashwin, um, I'm going to just try and not dwell too much on this because it's a little bit of a painful memory, I think, for us as Delhi Delhi Capitals fans. But Best of Warner and Kane, uh, obviously Sunrisers won and uh, won won the game. They batted first. Did they read the pitch better, Ashwin? Because Delhi Capitals won the toss and they put the Sunrisers into bat and the Sunrisers got off to a really slow start and we were 
really happy that Delhi was bowling uh, pretty well. But um, eventually, it turned out to be too much. And so, was it a case of uh, these three class batsmen, Besto, Warner and Kane, just reading the pitch better and knowing how to bat on it? Yeah, I think so. I think Delhi did bowl well. I think it's hard to say whether we missed a trick at the toss or not. I mean, every captain who won the toss in the, up until this point had lost the match, even though regardless of whether they chose to bat first or field first. But I think a masterclass in batting. I mean, Warner and Bairstow just stuck it out. Bairstow more than Warner, even though they were struggling. I didn't get to watch this match live, unfortunately, so I only saw highlights. Kane Williamson walking in at four. I mean, what a what a legend. What an absolute brilliant player. Picked the gaps, hit beautifully. Ended up at a strike rate of 157, the highest in the game, except for Hetmeyer, who got a, who wasn't able to make too many runs. But just incredible, 41 runs. I mean, what what do you do with your overseas slots, right? You've now dropped Nabi. Hyderabad's going to have... You know, Hyderabad came out on top in this game, fully deserved, well done. I mean, yeah, Delhi's chase just kind of fell apart, didn't do much. But what do you do now, right? Nabi is on the bench. Fabian Allen, who I had tipped to, to play for the Hyderabad team in their 11, also arguably deserves a spot. But how do you leave out a guy like Williamson who comes in and just bats so brilliantly in his first game? It's hard to say. Yeah, so they managed to get him in and they got Abdul Samad in as well, who's got a great backstory, man. He's uh, from Jammu and Kashmir, backed by the Pathan brothers. He had a huge six as well and uh, he looks like some prospect, man. We'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, profile that I think Sportstar has put together of him. Really interesting character. Looks like a really big hitter and a really good prospect for them. But Ashwin, let's talk a little bit about the Delhi Capitals chase, no matter how painful it is for us. Uh, never really got going, never really got off the ground. Uh, Captain Ayer, uh, Rishabh Pant, Dhawan, all getting out to Rashid Khan, who beautifully. But why were we attacking their best spinner? Can, 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 can we talk about this? Why were we going on? And we, we're letting their kind of um, all-round option, Abhishek Sharma, until he got taken for a few runs in the last over, he was bowling, he'd bowled three overs for 19, right? And we were just kind of knocking him around. What was going on? What's the thinking there? Yeah, credit where it's due. I think mostly, mostly all the Hyderabad bowlers bowled well, right? Bhuvi found some form picking up two. Khalil looked decent, not as strong as he has before, but looked decent. And Natarajan actually fired in those Yorkers really nicely. So, why? I think they attacked Rashid Khan because of desperation, because the other guys bowled well as well. But honestly, poor planning from Delhi, right? Like, Ayer actually looked really, really poor out there. He's one of my favorite young cricketers, so just let's hope it's an off day. But 17 of 21 had to go after Rashid because he put pressure on himself and uh, got out poorly. I think we've talked a lot about the UAE and the fact that as these pitches slow down, as you start to reuse pitches, etc., it's going to become tougher and tougher to bat. The ball isn't going to come on as well, etc., we're already starting to see that, right? We're in the week two of the IPL and we're starting to see it. So it's going to be really interesting to see which sides have the temperament and the strategic thinking to adjust their game plan, et cetera, and react differently. I believe, by the way, Ricky Ponting and Shreya Sayer both have it. They didn't do it for this game. It'll be great to see when it happens. And I am predicting for Delhi, there'll be some shuffling with Hetmeyer losing his spot potentially. Ajinkya Rahane may be coming in to be that more steady batsman who can hit the, the boundaries along the ground when you need to and take the singles on a tough wicket. And then one more overseas spot going to either Kima, I keep calling him Kima Paul, Kima Paul or Sandeep Lamichani. Awesome. I should, uh, of course, you also mentioned Natarajan, man, and he's got a great story. We'll put a, a link in the show notes to the tweets about how he's come out from the TNPL and how he's helped a load of cricketers 
kind of make their way into cricket and make sure that they're staying in cricket. Just, just a fantastic story there as well. I mean, there's so many great human interest stories around this IPL and, and cricket. It's so good to hear about all of them because it gives recognition to some of the lesser known players, right? I, I just find that fascinating. So make sure you check out the show notes for that. Ashwin, we're the Rishabh Pant show. We need to talk about Rishabh Pant. He scored 28 of 27. Is he under pressure from Samson and Rahul's performances? Is he still trying to battle his demons with trying to be the next Dhoni? Uh, what's happening with our boy? Really tough, right? Very, very tough question. Very disappointing, to be honest. I don't have a good answer for you. I think what you've been saying a lot of, which I tend to agree with, is that it's more in his head than anything between the multiple wicket keepers who did well, obviously Rahul being a part-time keeper who's done amazingly, Samson and then Ishan Kishan, maybe that's gotten into his head a little bit. I just struggle with it, man. It's been now five years since he started playing first-class cricket. Two years, more than two years since he started playing for, or three years almost, uh, more than three years since he played for the country the first time, more than two years since he played his first test. So he's not he's not new to the scene anymore. I know it doesn't, like being a sports person is incredibly mentally difficult, but yeah, just a really tough situation. I hope he gets the kind of mental support conditioning he needs because he has struggled at the international level at times, but has always been pretty consistently strong in the IPL. So I hope he's able to bounce back. Tough, tough spot for Richard Rishabh And honestly, even fans who really, really like him and back him a lot are starting to get tired, unfortunately. Yeah, he's also 22, so hopefully he can he can come out of this little funk. It was a tough track, so let's give him uh, the benefit of the doubt because we are, after all, the Rishabh Pan show. Ashwin, we, let's talk about the game today, Wednesday, very quickly. Um, KKR versus Rajasthan Royals. The Rajasthan Royals Twitter account put out a tweet saying that they were the only uh, team with a 100% win record. And as luck would have it, they immediately went and lost the next game that was played in a ground that was not Sharjah. Jofra was brilliant. I mean, fantastic pace. But it looked a little bit like um, it, it was uh, the under-19 show all over again. Shubman Gill scores runs. Mavi and Nagarkoti. Nagarkoti actually picks up the man of the match. Um, how exciting was that game to watch from a from a youngster's perspective, Ashwin? Because, I mean, the game itself wasn't that interesting. Wasn't really much of a contest. Kind of petered out. Tom Karan got a 50 to inflate the scores. But, I mean, how good was, was that game? From from yeah. a youngster's perspective, that is. Yeah, yeah out, out, outstanding, honestly. Like, just a very disappointing match in general. I think we needed it. We needed a little bit of a one-sided match to balance out the craziness we've had the last few days, but really good from a, from a youngster's perspective, right? Including, by the way, uh, Jadeva Nadkar, not as young, but looked really good with the ball. Nice to see him kind of come back to form, even though he didn't complete his spell. Um, I thought Ankit Rajput looked pretty decent with the ball as well, got one good wicket. And then KKR, right? Like we've been almost waiting two years for this Mavi Nagar Koti duo to open the ball or to, to bowl in quick, in tandem for, for KKR. So I thought they looked great. I mean, so much so that Varun Chakravarti finished his spell, Mavi finished his spell, but Pat Cummins didn't even finish his spell. There was a point when it almost looked like Kuldeep wouldn't come on the ball just because of how well the, the three youngsters were bowling for. KKR being Mavi, Nagarkoti, and Varun. So, really exciting. Great to see. I mean, this is the thing with the IPL, right? We Everybody after the first game where KKR lost big time basically just said, you know what? These guys are not going to make it to the finals or the playoffs. They have no shot, etc. And now, even in the absence of performances, call it from Karthik, you know, Morgan has looked a little iffy. Russell hasn't gone really big. He had a couple of nice shots today, but they still look solid because of the Indian talent. So, Lots of excitement to come. The IPL is a long tournament, as we keep saying, both for games and for fantasy, but love to see the Indian youngsters step up. 
Yeah, and, and they've been messing around with their batting order a little bit. We saw um, Russell come up the order. We saw Morgan go down the order. But if it ended in a win, fair game to them, man. Um, so there we have it, guys. That's the midweek wrap. Um, we're at a situation where a visual from Crickinfo, again, we'll, uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, actually says every team in that visual has beaten the other. So who's winning? It's a perfect circle, right, actually? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Like one A is beaten B, B is beaten C, C is beaten A. It just it's unbelievable, and that's again what we love about the IPL, right? There's no clear, at least so far this year, no clear top two and no clear bottom two. I hope it stays this way for as long as possible, because when you start to see one team, like when RCB lost six in a row that one year, you know, it's just deflating for people. So I really hope it stays this way. There we have it, guys. The first midweek IPL update, and uh, incredible uh, to be here doing this in the middle of the week. Thanks, Ashwin, for joining me. As as usual, please do keep writing in. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at one tip one hand. Email us at contact at one tip one hand.com. But guys, it's been incredible. Thank you for all the lovely feedback about the IPL episodes. Motivated us to put this out twice a week instead of just the regular weekly podcast. So let us know what you think about that. We've talked through the big games of the week already RCB versus MI, Delhi Capitals versus Sunrisers, as well as KKR versus RR. And we're looking forward to the rest of the games of the week. We are chatting with all of you on Discord as well. So do join that Discord server. We'll put uh, the link in the show notes for this one. We'll be covering the remaining games in the week and recording with our Delhi Capitals fans and listeners later in the week. And that episode will drop on Monday. So make sure you catch that. Guys, it's been a pleasure putting this together and we will see you next Monday. Until then, take care and keep watching the IPL. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday 
as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.